Hi, it's Dan Benna, and this is the next of my podcasts. And I was actually asked by a friend and someone whom I mentor to please put a short podcast together on essentially the job market, or more importantly, how to get a job, and some inspiring advice to uh, people that are looking for jobs in the area of sustainability or sustainable development or any of the allied areas. I have to say, first, uh, that the requisite disclaimer is that these opinions expressed within this represent my own and not necessarily those of PepsiCo or any of its partners. So let's talk a little bit about how do you approach with any kind of sanity looking for a job and ultimately getting a job in a world that is so currently insane, right? I mean, you just look at what's happening in the media, uh, no matter how you digest and absorb your news, whether it's online, whether it's traditional channels, whether it's in print, you'd be hard pressed to find something that didn't leave you saying, wow, that's crazy. Or, wow, this is like uh, this is like an antimatter world, right? Sometimes it seems that what we've always thought was left is now right. What we've thought was up is now down. What's hot is cold. It sometimes seems that it's the opposite happening of what the natural course really should be. Well, that's the reality. And you can either hide from the reality or you can face the reality head on and do your best to try to change that into an opportunity. And I've spent pretty much most of my career being what my three older sisters call a pathologic optimist, where I really do always try to look at the glass half full versus the glass half empty. And I think it served me pretty well, both personally and professionally. And I hope that you will, uh, as you listen to this, if you're not looking at the glass half full, you'll begin to, because there really is a tremendous wealth of opportunity out there, even in these crazy times. You might have heard the acronym VUCA, V-U-C-A. That's used very often to describe a volatile, uncertain, complicated, and ambiguous world. And these are certainly VUCA times in which we live. But let's make the most of it. So you're out there. You're either currently already employed looking for a change, or you're a millennial or an upcoming generation, uh, either in school or recently graduated from school, and you want to join the job market. Well, first thing I would tell you is, in my experience, um, many of the career offices in schools, even in Ivy League institutions, have been giving pretty traditional advice to students, and in many cases, actually pretty conservative advice. And, you know, they will spend a lot of time focusing on a traditional traditional resume, which is certainly important, but a resume is only part of the puzzle, right? So I would say you definitely think need to think more broadly about building your personal brand, because your personal brand is the thing that you are ultimately going to try to sell in to a prospective employer. And that personal brand has a lot of different elements, right? So you want to be seen as kind of a whole person. You want to be seen as having the skills, certainly, that are necessary for a particular job. But in my mind, even more importantly, you want to be seen as having passion for what it is you're either doing or what it is you want to do. And it's a funny thing about passion. Passion has a way of shining through. No matter 
um, I'd say this is probably the one truth without exception that I found in my career, is when somebody's passionate, and I don't care what they're passionate about, but if you're passionate about something, it takes about 10 seconds for somebody sitting across the table from you or sitting uh, on a, you know, across the train seat from you or you know, across a, I don't know, a, a lunchroom cafeteria table. It takes about 10 seconds to know that that person is passionate about something. And that's, that's really the first prerequisite, I think, for successful attainment of a really cool, fun, and rewarding job is having passion and finding passion. The other thing, though, that's really important is once you have that passion, you need to be able to articulate it. And you need to articulate it in a way that is engaging, that doesn't come across as um, particularly activist or adversarial. In fact, most people really do like to know that the person that they're speaking to is collaborative. You know, they are the, the traditional team player. While they certainly have the capability to jump into a leadership position, they will lead by inspiring others and bringing others with them and collaborating, as opposed to leading by being essentially a, a dictatorial leader. And that's really important. And all of these things kind of come through in your personal branding as you speak to people. I wanted to say, um, one of the things that's really important, and I mentioned the uh, the recruiting offices and schools and the career offices, I think a traditional resume really is important. I think as a first step, you need to put things to traditional paper. So, you know, get your skills together, get your experience together, your education, and all of those normal boxes that one would check. But then sit back and take a really close look at it and say, you know, if I were interviewing someone or if I had a position that I wanted to fill and I knew that, you know, I'm already working in under conditions where my plate is very full, in fact, maybe even overflowing, what would I be looking for in the person that I'd want to hire? And I think part of that gets back to the passion for sure. But part of it also gets back to what I call transferable skills or portable skills. Don't list a bunch of courses that you've taken on your resume. Everybody takes courses. Everyone that has a degree takes courses. And there's really no way for someone that's reviewing a resume to know what the heck those courses are about because the titles are different, the content is different. And in fact, um, I'd say the, the level or degree of the the applicability of the contents itself is very different from course to course and institution to institution. What people can identify with, though, are these transferable or portable skills. So, you know, it could be things like driving collaborative impact. And that's more than just words, right? I mean, driving is a really strong word. Uh, it's, it's clearly, clearly tells someone that you're not passive, you are interested in driving and being, you know, kind of the people that are holding the reins of these stallions that are really driving the wagon, but you're the one that in a very nuanced way is the driver behind these other leaders or experts in the field. So I think driving is really important. Collaboration is really important because it says you're not out with a personal agenda. You're not out just for yourself, but you actually want to be part of a team and help assure the team's success because that's the reality of the workplace. That's how you get sustainable impact is doing it with others 
and inspiring others to do it with you. So making others part of the process is really important. And I think that's not an easy thing. You know, these, these identification of portable skills or transferable skills is kind of tough, but I think it will be well worth it in the end. And I would suggest that after you do the traditional format of a resume that you've been taught to do, go back after you've looked at it again with these portable skills in mind, and perhaps even think of including a section right up front that's entitled portable skills or transferable skills, because those are the things that you should be able to bring from job to job, whether that job is in public policy or communications or sustainability or marketing. Those are transferable, portable skills that can be reapplied in almost any, any uh, situation. That's really important. Once you get this uh, resume together and you've looked at it and you've kind of put together maybe a couple of different iterations of the paper resume, then you turn to LinkedIn. And if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, my God, that's the first thing you need to do. Uh, there have been varying studies, but one of them says that 85% of jobs in the U.S. today, and this was from July of 2017, are obtained via networking. And LinkedIn is certainly the world's largest professional network. They boast just around 500 million people on the network, so half a billion people are using LinkedIn for professional networking. And those people represent over 200 countries, so that's more than the United Nations. That is a huge, huge platform to use to your advantage in the right way for professional and even some personal networking, I would say, through LinkedIn. They also boast having about 10 million active jobs listed on LinkedIn. So, the charge for you is once you get your resumes together in different formats and once you've identified these portable skills, make a really compelling LinkedIn site. And by compelling, I mean don't just cut and paste your paper resume. Use some creativity and use all of the opportunities that LinkedIn makes available to you. Make a really, um, I'd say, engaging and impactful summary right under your picture and use a picture and don't use a weird picture use a picture that you know tell someone that you're serious that you're professional yeah you should be smiling and yeah you can have fun but you know don't do a cartoon of yourself um, by and large while there are some employers that would like that because it's a little bit different this is not a place where you want to venture too far from the midline so make a picture Use a photograph that's engaging, that makes people feel good when they see it, and that will be the first step in them saying, you know what, looks like a pretty cool person, let me read their LinkedIn profile. In addition, you can create videos on YouTube and link them to LinkedIn, right? Really important. Show that you understand how to use mixed media and social media. Build your followers because your followers are visible. So let people see that you know you have a reasonable number of followers within your network. You can include things like publications. If you have any sort of publication, include it. If you have any sort of awards or recognition, include it. These things are important. But the one thing that I think is a huge opportunity on LinkedIn that is often underutilized is this idea of articles. So years ago, LinkedIn allowed you to essentially have your own blog 
within the LinkedIn platform, and LinkedIn calls them articles. You are able to write articles, and you can cross-post, so, you know, that same article content you can post on Huffington Post, or you can post on Medium, but drive people to your LinkedIn profile, and the reason I say it's underutilized is these articles can really be strategically used. So if you are going for a job in public policy and it involves climate change, then write a really engaging and compelling article on LinkedIn that shows that you have some level of mastery of those topics. Talk about climate change. Talk about, you know, COP, uh, the Conference of Parties. Talk about you know, the various effects of greenhouse gases or the science around greenhouse gases. Let people know that you know what you're talking about. And, and even better, I mean, if you have any sort of recognition in the field, that's great to, in a nuanced way, in a subtle way, to be able to bring that in in the article. I think that's really important. And when you do the articles, for heaven's sake, be professional in the writing. Make sure that you double and triple check for grammatical errors, spelling errors, typographical errors. Don't use anything that's even remotely profane or too explicit. I know a lot of people do that on LinkedIn and outside of LinkedIn. It just never comes across as good. And you have to think that even if you may be a millennial that's looking for a job, the reality is there are people that are still, you know, 50s, 60s, sometimes 70s, who are going to be the ones that are going to be hiring you. So to a certain extent, you have to fit what it is you're trying to convey within the ecosystem that those people doing the hiring understand as well, which is really important to consider. So I think LinkedIn is absolutely critical. I think also that when I mentioned cross-posting, while LinkedIn offers a lot of flexibility in terms of how you can build your personal brand, there's even more flexibility in creating your own personal website. And there are a bunch of free services out there. I mean, Wix, W-I-X, is a great one. Squarespace, I think, has some opportunities where you can create personal websites for free. So I would investigate that, make a personal website. Um, that will allow you to show your creativity a little bit more than you can on LinkedIn, but certainly link to your personal website on LinkedIn. And I think this idea of cross-posting and always driving back to your LinkedIn page is a really important one. And then the last thing I would say is on the, the paper resume, which you'll always need copies in the event that you meet people and you're you know, asked to interview, you will, should always have paper copies of your resumes available. But on the paper resume, and I would even suggest on your emails, make a QR code that can be scanned using a scanning app, and it will drive people either to your LinkedIn page or to your personal website page. And what that does is two things. If people have no idea what a QR code is, it will start the conversation and they'll say, hmm, what is this black thing here on your, on your resume or on your email? And that starts a dialogue for you to be able to engage them and say, oh, that's a QR code. And in building my personal brand, I thought that was kind of an innovative way to link people to learning a little bit more about me. If they do know what a QR code is, it'll tell them that, wow, you're really pretty current and you're also pretty innovative because the vast minority of people use QR codes currently for these purposes. So 
It's an innovative use, again, of helping people see that you're current and that you're relevant and that you understand uh, the use of social media and various technology for sure. So that's building the personal brand. Um, there's a lot of ways to do that, but I would say of paramount importance is getting the paper resume right first, doing it in a traditional way if you insist, but then stepping back and saying, what are the portable skills that I have just written down onto my resume? How can I bucket those skills into portable or transferable skills that can be applied and reapplied to virtually any job? Because that's what employers want to see. You know, you can always hire in very specific technical expertise. You can do that through consulting agreements. You can do that through PhDs from academia. But if you're looking for a more generalist role and a role that will allow you to progress within kind of a leadership environment, people want to see these portable skills that can be reapplied in, in different situations. So that's really important. And then spend the time that it takes on both your LinkedIn profile. Use everything at your advantage that LinkedIn has to offer, including articles. Write the content of articles strategically. Cross-post that content in Huffington Post and Medium and LinkedIn. Get a personal website and build that really professionally through things like Wix or Squarespace. And again, drive everything to LinkedIn. Use a QR code on your personal resume to drive them to your LinkedIn profile. And the key is be engaging, be collaborative. And I think one of the things that I, one of my favorite quotes is kind of hinting at the balance between being confident and being humble. And that's really important for you to do. And believe it or not, it comes across in writing, but it certainly comes across in the spoken word when you meet people and when you're given an opportunity to interview with them. And that favorite quote is, be confident, not certain. And think about that, right? Often too many people are so hyper-confident that they believe their response or their way or their opinion is the only one that could possibly be the true one. And to me, that is a nail in the coffin for an interview. Because to me, that shows someone that is inflexible, pig-headed, stubborn, and really unaware of that VUCA world, that volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world, which was the topic of this podcast that I started off with. I hope this was helpful. Email me any questions at dan.bena, B-E-N-A, at danbena.com. Thanks.